What's going on, everyone? You're listening to the Brazos Sports Preps Cast. I'm Alex Miller, joined always by Abigail Ochoa of the Eagle. How's it going today, Abigail? Hey, doing good, doing good. Well, we got a special guest because it's a big week in the Texas high school football season, at least here in the Brazos Valley. And that's Mike Lucas from KAGS. Mike, welcome back. You're one of our favorites. It's good to have you on as always. Well, you guys are two of my favorite media members in the Brazos Valley as well. So anytime I get to come on here and talk about some of the unbelievable high school football we've been having in the area. I mean, I can't say no. I want to give a shout out to my boys at Walk On Radio, (laughs) Ryan and Dalton doing big things. We're supporting brands. Let's just have, hey, let's make a pact right now. We support brands that support us. So Walk On Radio, we'll support them. And we support good (laughs) high school football. And there is no shortage of that on the schedule this Friday, guys. Not yeah. at all. Abigail, for, sure. for sure. Yeah, well, let's get into it. Obviously, the biggest game that we're all alluding to here, Adam hosts Consolidated, or sorry, Adam Consolidated hosts Rudder uh, for a battle of second place in, in 10-5A Division II. Um, I feel like there should be a drum roll here. I mean, this is a game that we've all been waiting for. Um, but yeah, both teams obviously have a playoff spot wrapped up, but this one has big seeding implications like we've talked about before. The winner gets a home game um, in the first round with the loser, um, you know, possibly taking that track to to deep East Texas there. But, um, Mike, let's start with you. Uh, How big of a game is this for Rudder? They they haven't beaten Consol before. They've come close last season. Um, But this is definitely the best Rangers team yet. So so what's the how, how big is this game for them? Well, this whole season has been the season of first for Rudder. Never beat Huntsville. Check. Never made the playoffs. Check. And I talked to head coach Eric Ezar yesterday, and he just said, hey, we have a checklist of things that we want to accomplish with this Ranger football program, and we're just going down the list. And one of those next boxes to check off is beat the Crosstown Showdown rival in A&M Consolidated. Rudder, before the year started, I don't think any of us, any of us expected a 7-1 start to the year. I mean, we thought Rudder had a chance to be good, but Seven and one. I mean, I mean, like, come on, guys. And, and they've played some pretty good teams. The way they beat Huntsville in overtime on the road, the way they came back after losing to Montgomery, like this team has proven that it's not just a one hit wonder. They can beat you in multiple ways. They have EJ Ezart quarterback. Trent McClinton has been phenomenal at running back their receivers, even after losing Keith Ron Lee. I think have done a really admirable job stepping up and making plays, but maybe most impressively to me, their defense has been really good, and it's been consistent. And that's the one thing with Rudder in the past that we, we haven't seen as much of is, hey, one week they look great, and then all of a sudden the defense forgets how to play and they are committing some silly penalties and whatnot. But that hasn't been the case this year. This defense, I give Coach Ezar credit because it's a veteran defense, and this is now his third year, so you can kind of see them maturing under his tutelage. But this defense has been really darn good, and that kind of to me has been the surprise when you look at this matchup with Consal, yeah, it's a big deal. I mean, it's little brother, big brother syndrome. Consal is big brother in town. Rudder's the, the new kid on the block. And when you have a new challenger as the established uh, entity that Consal, you don't want to give up any bragging rights. You don't want to give up any ground. And as Rudder continues to climb and ascend into a, you know, perennial power in District 10-5 AD2, like, I think Consol more than anything, even without Brody Daniel, I'm sure we'll talk about that in a sec. Like this is still a, Hey, this is our block. And if you want to get into the party, like you want to be allowed into the block party for lack of a better word, like you have to beat us. And it's on our turf in our house in front of our crowd. 
and you've never beat us before. Like, if you want to do it, you got to come prove it because we're not going to lay down and give it to you. So, yeah, you know, we said against Huntsville, this may have been Rudder's biggest game in program history. Well, they, they flashed that test with flying colors, or maybe not flying, but they passed. It wasn't an F, they won. So, you yeah. know, this is now three weeks, four weeks later, the new biggest game in Rudder history, and I, I cannot wait to see it unfold. Well, Mike, you mentioned Brody Daniel. Obviously, we're, I'm going to turn to Alex now to talk a little bit about Consol. He's been following them this season. Um, Will Hargett, obviously, we know, has taken over uh, Consol's offense with Brody Daniel sidelined um, with a head injury. Uh, Alex, what will the Tigers need to do uh, to get moving uh, against this big rudder defense like Mike mentioned? Obviously, he's been pretty consistent this season and, um, you know, leads the district this year. So what are the Tigers – gonna need to do yeah you know I, I wrote about it earlier this year uh Consol's offensive line just the success that they've had that's been the difference maker on offense for them you know they're not letting the quarterback get sacked at, at rates that they have in previous seasons they're getting push up front you think about the way that they beat converse judson just running it down their throat um and and Consol's had to weather some injuries too whether it's up front on the offensive line or it's in the backfield. I mean, last week they're playing with their third and fourth string guys and still run for a, a good a number of yards. Um, you know, like like we've said, though, Rudder's got a really good defensive front. Uh, Davion Howard's playing really well. Jeremiah Johnson, he's playing really well. They, they've got that one guy in the middle that's just huge and his name's slipping my mind. Um, but, I mean, Rud Rudder's got it up front. And, and that's what I asked Coach Fedora on Monday. It's like, hey, how, how important is it to win the line of scrimmage up front? I mean, you could say that in any game, but this game in particular, I think that is even more of an emphasis, especially, you know, if, if Will Hargett's the guy this week, which we're, which we're expecting that to be the case, you know, he, he's not really big. And so you, you need to protect your freshman quarterback at, at all costs especially against a couple of guys that are seniors that they can get some push and they can bring it every single play. And, and, and Rudder likes to, they like to bring it up front. Mm -hmm. That that's, that's a, that's kind of a, a, a hallmark of that defense this year is, is they like to bring the blitz. Now my, my thing is Kinsall is going to have to establish the run. That's been the bread and butter of this offense all season. They have a balanced attack. They have great receivers, but when push comes to shove, they're running the ball and, and, and they, they hit, they hit it hard downfield. Um, you know, they've had some guys out. Uh, I'm curious if they'll get some people back. Um, but you know, they're, they're going to have to be able to run the ball really well. Um, and you know, they've got a guy, Dre minor who transferred from rudder and you know, this game's pretty personal to him. And so, uh, you know, we'll, we'll see how, they can calm emotions and, you know, you play with emotion, but you, you don't play emotional. That's, that's the way that coaches always phrase that. But as far as Will Hargett goes, you know, last week had a few passes downfield, had a really nice touchdown pass to Wesley Greaves, but the way that they seem to get him comfortable is by throwing a lot of screens. Um, that seems to be the way that they get him comfortable in that offense. And they've got the receivers to where, Hey, you throw you throw a little quick screen out to Wesley Greaves, that man can turn it on down the sideline pretty fast. And they've got some good blockers out there with Wyatt McDougal and Tyler Wright. I mean, they can execute those screens really well. And so, you know, protecting the quarterback, 
establishing the run and being able to make those easy throws. I mean, it all sounds simple, but you know, in a game like this, sometimes the simple things that that's the difference between winning and losing. And that's kind of what Consol's facing this Friday. Mike, it looks like you're chomping at the bit to say something. Well, yeah, A, I want to launch an investigation into how to properly pronounce Wesley Graves or Greaves last name, because every time I've heard a coach refer to him, I yeah. don't know. And, and I'm going out to practice today. I will get a definitive answer. I will, I will put him on the record to clear it up. Cause I say Graves, you say Greaves, Tyler, Shaw at KBTX says Greaves. So some, one of us is right and three of us are wrong. So we, we do need to put a, a, an end to that investigation. I'll, I'll go cease on y'all and Travis and request some FOIAs for you. Uh, but no, I, I think you nailed it on the spot, Alex. Will Hargrit has a chance to be a really special player. He's 14 years old. He's 14 going against some big, big defensive linemen on Rudder. And I think Coach Fedora and that offensive staff have done a phenomenal job since he took over in getting the ball out of his hands quickly and not making him have to make too many reads. If his first option isn't open, they tell him to either take off and run or throw the ball away. And I think that's crucial against the rudder defense because, as you mentioned, he may weigh 120 pounds soaking wet. Like, he's not a big kid, and he, he shouldn't be. He's 14 years old. Like, like he shouldn't be physically developed yet, and he's just kind of a, a slender, skinny kid. I, I was there. Well, I'm still there. Like, it, you know, I'm a, I'm a skinny kid too. So it happens. And I was never the caliber of athlete you are. So protect yourself because if he goes down, I, I'm not sure what they have after him. And I just want to say one more thing about this matchup. I wish Brody Daniel was still able to play because what that offense was doing with his ability to run from the quarterback position alongside the plethora of running backs they have. Is Trey Taylor not playing, Alex? Is he out again this week? You know, I'm not really sure of his status. Uh, he, it, it didn't, it didn't seem hopeful. I'll say that, but I, I'm not too sure. I was there on Monday, so you, you'll have to get an update for us. <laughs> I'll be out there this afternoon. I know Keyshawn was still questionable, so you know they, they are down to their third and fourth running backs. But that offensive line, when it's clicking, you and I could could find some of those holes. I just go back to that Huntsville game and Abigail. I don't believe you were there, but I know Alex was. They scored, Trey Taylor scored on the exact same play three times in the first half. The exact same play. And the hole just got bigger and bigger and bigger each time they ran it. And I don't know all their names, but I know it's a credit to Rhett Larson and the rest of the guys up front who deserve way more love than I've given them. So I want to put my hand up once again. I apologize to the Tigers front five because you guys have been really outstanding all year long. And, and on uh, TV, Bart, Barton board. Melder and uh, Cody yeah, Clow and give a shout out. those other guys. Yeah, we'll give them a shout out. <laughs> yeah, you guys deserve I, – I wish – Offensive lineman highlights sold because you guys deserve to be on FNL, not just the running backs. It just, it doesn't work like that. So from yeah. the bottom of my heart, I am sorry. And that is the matchup to watch. I think you nailed it. It's the rudder defensive line versus the console offensive line. And can rudders DBs match up with the speed of console's offensive weapons on the outside? Because it only takes one big play to change a game. And Hargett only has to hit Wesley G. See what I did there? He only has to hit Wesley G on one deep pass to change the complete trajectory of what's going to happen. So I can't wait to watch. And Alex, to answer your question from earlier in the week, I will be there. And it's going to be a fun one, man. I can't wait. Yeah, well, great points, guys. I, I, a lot of good information there. Um, now, I know, you know, we said it earlier last season, you know, Consol was able to, to come out with that win. It was a pretty tight game. I know me and Alex weren't there. Um, but, Mike, how – uh, do you expect this uh, 
atmosphere to be pretty amazing on Friday. I mean, you get two local teams like this. We've seen it in the past. You know, Consol's won every matchup so far. Um, but these are two great teams that we're bringing in. Like y'all mentioned, y'all talked about um, how how big do you think this atmosphere will be? I think it's going to be pretty crazy. I mean, Consol usually draws a big crowd on the home side, no matter who they're playing. And that's the community that you look at even College Station and Consol. It's a town or a city, whatever you want to call College Station, that supports mm-hmm. its local high school athletics. So I have no doubt in my mind that they'll draw. And then you look at Rudder. This is the best Rudder team they've ever had. I mean, I don't think that could be overstated. This Rudder team has already broken or tied the record for wins in a season. It's their first playoff berth ever. You know, their Coach Ezar said, hey, we're playing for playoff seeding now. We're not just playing to make the playoffs. We're playing for seeding, and that matters. So I think this fan base, which has been hit or miss in the past, is going to support the team. It, it's the stupid field of dreams. If you build it, they will come. Well, Coach Ezar has built a winning program, and I do believe the fans will show up, especially when you could talk a little trash to your crosstown rival. I mean, I mean that always adds a little element of, right. hey, we should go out and support the team. I mean, how many road games can you really get to as a Rudder fan? The answer is probably one or two. This is absolutely, if not the only one, one of the two that you can make it. For sure. Now, Alex, what's the key for Rudder not to make this, you know, moment too big for them? Obviously, you know, we've seen teams do that before and it, it doesn't turn out well for them. So how big is it for Rudder to, to not make this moment? Too big? Yeah, you know, I, I've watched Rudder play twice this season. The first one was when they beat Huntsville and and I was, and you know, Rudder was on a roll and I was, and I was, I was kind of wondering like, how are, how are they going to do in this in this big stage on the road against a really good team that's had their number year in and year out? And they got down, they stayed composed, and they were able to rally and win. But then a couple of weeks later, when they went on the road to Montgomery, you know, they had all the cameras on them. You know, Dave Campbell's was out there with with the with the big cameras in the TV truck, and and they just came out flat and got in a hole in the first half that was just too big to overcome. And so that was my question this week. Like, how do you guys not make this moment too big, knowing what's at stake, knowing what happened last year? You're motivated to go and win this game because of that. Came so close to doing that. And that was the game that kept them out of the playoffs. I mean, had they won that game, this we, we would be talking about how Rudder's building this program, like uh, 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 two years in a row going to the playoffs, you know, this has been the season of milestones last year would have been the season of, mm-hmm. excuse me, milestones. But you know, what, what, what really stood out to me after that Montgomery loss is that runners captain MJ Hurd stood up in front of the whole team and said, Hey, this is what we needed. Um, you know, how many coaches, not many coaches are going to say, yeah, we take moral victories, but you know, in a game like that, you have to learn from the mistakes. And I think that Rudder did, you know, they, they realized that, Hey, we, we belong in this fight just as much as they do. And, you know, we got the guys that can go toe to toe. So let's just go out and do it. And, you know, I, I think that, I think that this Rudder team is motivated. You know, they, they seem the focus, the focus seems to be there. And that that's the big difference in this team, I think, compared to teams that passed it with Rudder. Um, and so I'm, I'm, I'm really curious to see if they can come out strong. You know, they need to limit the, the self-inflicted mistakes. You know, in that loss to Montgomery, they had three interceptions. One of them was a pick six. The other two 
were down toward the red zone that kept them from, from scoring and, and allowed Montgomery to build that lead without really being challenged. So that that's kind of the things that I'm looking for from this rudder team this week. And, you know, I, I, I wouldn't, I would, I would be surprised if that focus is not there given what they've been through and what they're trying to accomplish. Mike, can I add one more thing real quick? Yeah, of course. Rudder's coming off a bye and they were banged up and they've been banged up this year. And I, when I talked to coach Ezar yesterday, he mentioned not only getting guys healthy, but getting their grades in order. So the bye week allowed them to catch up academically and also get healthy. And you just talked about consolidate. They may be down to their third and fourth running backs. They're uh, you know starting quarterbacks out for the, foreseeable future at, at, at a minimum that bye week could not have come at a better time for rudder to catch up in those two regards and also you mentioned mj Hurd. how about him getting his ninth d1 offer from yale yesterday he has multiple ivy league offers so you know we always talk about kids getting the bama offer or florida or, or whatever like sec power five how about mj man he's got he's gonna have his choice of an ivy league college to go to for free play football and continue his academic career. I know Abigail, I believe you did a story on him earlier this year. It yeah. was a phenomenal story. He's just a phenomenal kid. So attaboy yeah, MJ, like, great, keep, keep killing it, man. Yeah. Great guy. I'm, I'm so excited for him. I think he's, he's one of those players that you just have to root for. I mean, yeah. they're not only just good people, but uh, you know, a great player, like we said on the field. So super excited for him. And um, I think they're going to do great this week. So we'll see, but I'm excited either way to see this matchup. I'm sure y'all are. Um, well, there are other games in town this week. As big as the one at Tiger Field will be, um, there, there's a pretty big one at Merrill Green Stadium on Friday night. Uh, Brian, you know, they can almost certainly lock up a playoff spot this week uh, if they can take down Colleen Ellison. And, Mike, is it pretty remarkable that the Vikings are even in this position considering the way that the season started for them? Yeah, absolutely, man. They, hey, uh, so I did a story on Tate Allen yesterday. If you haven't seen it, please, shameless plug, go to my Twitter, go to KXTV.com, watch it. Uh, Tate Allen never played quarterback in his life. He had never played quarterback until the start of district play. And if you were to tell me that in 6A football, now this, this was 2A, 1A, 3A even, okay, yeah, you're a good athlete, go play quarterback, whatever you're probably going to have a chance to be successful. This is 6A football in a pretty good district, all things considered. And they took a kid who played fullback, then went to safety, and then played linebacker and said, hey, we, we, whatever we're doing at quarterback's not working. Now, Malcolm Gooden, who was supposed to be there, their year-long starter, broke his leg against Lucas Lovejoy in the opening game of the season. They had Carson Dillard come in. They tried a few things at quarterback. It just Their offense could not find a rhythm. So Coach Rogers like, screw it. We're just going to run the ball 100 times a game. Let's, let's, put our, let's put the ball in our best athlete's hands. So we put Tate Allen back there. And fast forward five weeks, they're three and two. They've won three straight. They've scored 30 points in each of those three wins. They didn't score more than two touchdowns in any of their first five games. Last week, Allen had five total touchdowns, four on the ground. He threw a 67-yard screen pass to Hunter Vivaldi, who housed it. And it is improbable to think that a team that started 0-5 that couldn't score points. I mean, they had, I think, I did the math. Yeah, they had like 70 points in five games or something like that. They were averaging like 12 points a game, and a lot of it came in garbage time because they were down so big. That now they control their own playoff destiny. They could beat Ellison this weekend at home and clinch a playoff spot. Like, 
was a guy who they can't throw the ball. I mean, with all due respect to Tate Allen, he said it yesterday. Yeah, I'm a good runner. I'm not a good thrower yet. He's working his, his butt off at it to become better, but it's a one-dimensional offense. And I think the one thing that's getting lost in, in all the Tate Allen talk is how good that defense has been of late. Nick Carraway, Dwayne Paul Hill, the rest of the guys in that defense have completely flipped the script from earlier in the year. They are forcing turnovers. They are generating pressure. They're getting tackles for loss. And as long as that defense can hold Ellison in check, I see nothing from this team that makes me think they're going to slow down offensively. If anything, I just think they'll continue to get better as Allen gets better under center throwing the ball. And, and last thing I'll leave you with, I asked Ross Rogers, hey, how much can a kid improve throwing the ball when he's not really a thrower from a week-to-week basis? And, and Ross goes, well, if he's a normal quarterback, probably not a lot because that's what he does. That's not, not Tate Allen. Tate Allen's just learning how to throw the football. He can make leaps and bounds and incremental gains in that aspect of his game from one Friday to the next just because it's not something he, he does a lot. And once you start doing something more often, you become more natural at it. It becomes easier. So I'm not expecting Tate Allen to come out and throw for 300 yards on Friday. But I'm also expecting him to come out and look a lot more comfortable throwing the rock. And if they could add just a little element of the passing game, why can't Brian score 21, 24 points, 30 again? And, and this defense is more than capable of holding Ellison to 14 or less. Well, Abigail, the game you're going to be at this Friday across town in College Station, the Cougars, they're hosting Waller on their senior night. Um, you know, the, the Cougars are kind of closing this stretch against kind of the bottom tier teams in that district. They've won big the last two weeks. You know, what do you got your what do you got your eye on uh, keeping tabs on the Cougars this week? Uh, something you're looking for from them. Yeah, well, you know, I the past few weeks, I think I've been raving about them just in all three phases of the game. So I, I won't repeat myself in that sense. But I think uh, I think that Alex, we've talked about um, it just kind of I'm interested to see how they're really going to um, deal with this first team, second team unit um, with the last two games here in the in, in district with Waller and, and then at Mag West next week, which is um you know, I think it's going to be a tough game uh, for College Station to get past, but you know, I think they still will. But you know, they've had the, the they've had the first team unit here um, in the first half of all these you know blowout wins that we've had in the past, and then um, the second team unit comes out in the in, at halftime and you know maybe scores a touchdown or two or however many, and then the game is over at that point. But um, I'm interested to see. You know, I, I know I can I know Coach Huff is probably thinking about this too. You don't want your first team unit to only get be getting used to, you know, playing those two quarters and not playing a full four quarter game. Um, that that's always tough. I think once we get to the playoffs, we've mentioned how tough this region is. You're gonna want your Cougars to, to be ready for that full, you know, that full time game. That that takes more of a toll on your body and your, you know, just everything going on there. So I'm interested to see how long they keep them in against Waller. Now, I, I know obviously we get to the point where they're winning by so much at halftime that they don't want to, you know, you don't want to, uh, I, I don't want to say embarrassed, but you don't want to, you know, put you say embarrassed. That, that's accurate. Yeah. I, I mean, yeah, you don't want to really, you know, sometimes you're on the road. You're, these, these other teams are at home. You don't want to really do that in front of their fans and things like that. But I think, uh, you know, so you get kind of tricky in there. Like, do I really want to have my starters in there when we're up 70 to zero at halftime? No, probably not. But 
I think against Mag West, you need them in there the whole time at least before you get to the playoffs and, and when you start seeing that competition come in there. But, you know, their second team unit is not bad either. So I think it's good for them to see that they have that kind of talent in their back pocket if something forbid, you know, God forbid happens in the playoffs with the starter. But um, I know it's not the most exciting answer, but I think we knew coming into the stretch of games that the Cougars were going to dominate and that's what they've done so far. So um, we'll see kind of once we get towards Mag West next week in the playoffs, we'll have maybe a little bit more to say about the Cougars. Yeah, I have a feeling that next week's podcast will probably revolve around that game. Sure. Um, Mike, it's been a while since we've had you on the podcast. So, you know, what's really stood out to you from, from College Station this season? I mean, they're stupid good, <laughs> and they give me the best highlights ever in four minutes. Like – I, get, I mean, Abigail nailed it. Like, yeah, they, they only play two quarters, but I will give Coach Huff credit because he pushes the tempo those two quarters. So at least it's not like, uh, hey, yeah. yeah, we know we're going to win by six. Like, no, no, it's you're only playing a half, but let's let's kick the crap out of them for a half and do what we do best. You could look at their defensive numbers. They've given up 40 total yards in the last two games to just inferior opponents. And I think maybe the most impressive part, and I, honestly – High school is different than the pros. Pros is different than college. Each level is different. The talent gap is tremendous. But when, when you're a team as good as College Station, you should dominate some of these games. And they are. And I think it's a sign of a good team that knows, hey, we're good. Let's take care of business. And they've come out against Cleveland, against Candy Creek, against Porter, some of these weaker teams. They've done exactly what they're supposed to do. And, you know, when they played Magnolia earlier this year, maybe their first test of district play, really their only test so far in district play. It, it was only 10-3 at half or 10-nothing at half. Like it, it, They came out in the second half. But the second half, they did what they needed to do. And since then, they haven't slowed down. So maybe it took them a half to get used to the speed of this district and or maybe the physicality of a Magnolia team. That, that is pretty good. Nothing to take away from Magnolia. And I think the schedule sets up perfectly. And this is not what I'm impressed with. This is just how I see it. What better way to end district play than with a game against another undefeated 5A D1 school? There's only like seven of them in the state. Two of them are in this district. So you know it's going to be a good game, at least a competitive game, the most competitive game they've had, to be able to come off back-to-back-to-back weeks where the starters have played two two quarters and a drive at most to then come back and, and hopefully play a four-quarter game before the playoffs. So you kind of – you start high – level of competition lowers, but before the playoffs, you want to be playing your best football and they're going to have to play a good game to beat Mag West. So yeah, they're really good. Like, I mean, they've given up what 44 points all season and they've scored 400 plus. Like, I mean, what do you want me to say? Like Jet Huff's a stud, Traylon Sewell's a stud, Dalton Carnes a stud, Houston Thomas is a stud. They have seven running backs with division one offers. They have like 12 offensive linemen who are going to play in college and their defense doesn't give up yards. Like, yeah. yeah. Not to mention they're really good on special teams too. Yeah, and, and they have a kicker who's a, a, a college kicker and a punter, and they have. I mean, let, let me just put it this way: if they don't, Traylon Sewell's their starting punt returner, right? Yeah. If they go, hey, let's put the backups in. They're putting Dalton Carnes out there. Dalton Carnes runs like a four three forty. Is an all state baseball player. Is the leading touchdown reception guy in school history, and. I'm pretty sure we have two punt return touchdowns from last year of him taking it yeah. to the house. So like, yeah, they're bad. I mean, it's too, whatever. Yeah. They're really good. I, I love them over there. They couldn't be nicer to us. I like all our schools. 
but I, I love schools that give me highlights so I can leave quick and make two games in one night. And College yeah. Station has been the epitome of that this season. So thank you, Cougars. We are indentured to you. And, you know, keep doing that for us because we appreciate it. I have a feeling they'll give you a few more highlights or whoever's at that game Friday that's, night. They'll, they'll give them a few highlights. Justin's been jealous. Here, put it this way. True story. And, you know, I love Justin. But he gets jealous because I get the best highlights of the week because I have been shooting College Station lately. <laughs> and, you know, Jet Huff's throwing 70-yard bombs to Traylon Sewell on the run, dropping it in a buck. It. and Perfect. just like nah man i want to shoot some of those like you go shoot another game i'm gonna go shoot college station so it's <laughs> hey, it's, fun. it's hard if, to blame if there's anything i know about justin it's that there's me- nothing he loves more maybe than deep touchdown passes nothing <laughs> nothing no no oh, oklahoma football and then oklahoma football deep <laughs> touchdown passes and then everything else in his life takes a significant it's like fall off a cliff yeah you nailed it alex that that is spot on <laughs> All right, let's wrap it up, y'all. What is one area game you've got your eye on? Abigail, we will start with you. Awesome. Well, I got Hearn at Thorndale. Um, you know, big chance for the Eagles here. I was looking at the standings. I think that they could possibly, you know, take first if they if they beat Thorndale here. They play Moody next week, which should be an easy win. Thorndale's off next week, so we'll see how that goes. But you know, Thorndale, obviously a, a tough team to beat this season. They're, they're really good. It, they were upset by Thrall last week in overtime. It was 42 to 35. I mean, a big loss for them. So I'm sure they're going to be, um, you know, wanting to avenge that almost with a, with a win over Hearn here. But we'll see how it goes. I mean, we've talked about Hearn's defense so far. Can they slow down this Thorndale offense on the road? Um, you know, it, it'll be an uphill battle for Hearn, but I think um, if they're able to do it, they have some cred behind them beating Thorndale, um, and, and they could possibly take first. So that's a game that I'm looking at this week. Mike, how about you? How about we go up to Normagy, where the Panthers host Centerville in the district finale, and I believe it's for the district championship. Right now, if Centerville wins. Centerville holds on to that district. It's our game of the week for K-Ags. Uh, no disrespect to Consol Rudder. We just have put them already in games of the week, so we wanted to go outside the, the bubble. Centerville's loaded. And we talked to Coach Sitton at Norma G, and man, he, he had nothing but praise for that Centerville roster. But Norma G has Isaiah Jones. And when number five, yeah, number five's on the field in green, like that team has a chance to beat anybody. And he will be the best player on the field. It's a matter of can the Panthers stop the Tigers' offensive attack, which no one in district can do so far. That's the question, and it's a game I can't wait to see. For nothing, no other reason is that you got Isaiah Jones highlights and B, Centerville's offense is electric. So it will be a high-scoring affair. Take the over. I think it should be a great game. Yeah. That that one's really got my eye. I, you know, I, I think in a couple of weeks when we do our playoff preview, Centerville is going to be a team that we talk about as maybe a sleeper down there at that two A level. Um, so yeah, finishing out district undefeated would be a, that'd be a big mark for them. All right, my game that I've got uh, Navasota hosting Gonzalez. Uh, you know, been a tough year for for Navasota. You know, they, they've got some guys on their team, but, you know, they just they just haven't been able to been really hurt. put it. Sorry? Been too. They've been hurt, too. Jamar Jesse hasn't played the last two weeks, which has really hurt him. Yeah, and, yeah, you know, losing to Quero pretty bad last week at home, you know, that, that was a that was a game that, that they were pretty competitive in last year. Um, 
they might have did they beat Quero last year? Quero's ranked number nine this year, and Jesse didn't play. So it it yeah, you I, know, you get a backup quarterback against a top ranked team like that that had disaster written all over it. Right. I'll be honest, I haven't been able to watch Navasota in person this season, but you know, just from afar, you know, they're sitting at three and five. That that's not typically what we see from a Navasota team. Okay. And Gonzalez is in last place in the district. Um, Navasota really needs to win this week if if they want to get to the playoffs. You know, I, it'll probably come down to to next Friday on the road at Giddings, and you know, Navasota that's a team that year in and year out we we see in the playoffs. So you know, that's a game that I've got my eye on if they can if they can bounce back this week and get a win over Gonzalez, Mike. Yeah, no, you're you're right. I think Jamar Jesse was a game. Game time decision last week. We talked to Coach Dacus live on Friday beforehand, and he said Jesse was going through warm-ups but wasn't quite ready to play. So if he's back, I think you got to give the edge to Navasota. And lastly, I don't even know who Franklin's playing, but that's always a game of interest because it's just as like we talked about with College Station. They are straight-up dominating everyone in their district in Class 3A D2. They're number one for a reason. So if you're looking for a fun game to watch or a game of interest, anytime Franklin plays, I think that has to automatically – Put the lines in that category. Pretty sure Franklin's playing Clifton, and this They're is their reg- right yeah, and this is their regular season finale. They are off next week, so. Well, I think we covered everything. That was that was a great episode, Mike. Thanks for coming on. As always, we love having you. Anytime, guys. You're two of the best in the business. Don't tell Travis and Cease that. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, be sure to check the eagle.com. Oh, Mike, before we go, you got to yes. tell everyone how they can catch highlights on K eggs. Uh, Friday night lights airs at 10, 10 every Friday on K eggs, your local NBC affiliate. And if you can't catch it live, don't worry. We post it on our website, kxtv.com. And then Justin and I tweet them out on our personal pages, which is K underscore Lucas and K underscore Justin. So can't promise you we're the funniest people you ever see, but we do shoot the best highlights in the Brazos Valley. That's a fact. There we go. All right. Thanks for tuning in, everyone. We'll be back next week with more discussion on high school football here in the Brazos Valley.